and welcome to Aviation United by Aviation Zero. I'm delighted to be chatting with psychologist and founder of Hannon Counseling, Dr. Amanda Hannon. And today, Dr. Amanda will be chatting about divorce and providing some helpful tips to help you through this difficult time. A very good afternoon, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, uh, as always with all these podcasts, because it's kind of very uh, worldwide or universal, so to speak. Uh, where are you today? What part of the world? Oh, I am just south of um, Atlanta, Georgia, so over in the United States. Oh, very, very. And how's the weather? Is it nice and warm? It is it is very warm, but thankfully it's not as hot as it has been recently. So right. That's a good excuse. Here in Ireland, it's <laughs> it's kind of, uh, we don't know, we, sometimes we, it's like four seasons in one day. We kind sure. of go out, we go out <laughs> with a suntan blocker, and then two hours later on, it's, it's uh, lashing out, out of the heavens, so to speak. But generally, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So I obtained my master's degree in clinical psychology from Western Kentucky University. And then I went ahead and got my PhD in counseling and school psychology at Florida State University. So everything over here in the States. And then I began working in college counseling centers, working with the college student population, doing counseling, doing groups, and even just some kind of education and outreach to this population. And then I decided to transition to private practice, and that's where I am currently. And this, again, just involves providing counseling services, helping people deal with depression, anxiety, relationship concerns. Oh, wow. So the, the, the full caboodle. Everything. Yes, pretty much anything and everything um, can end up in my lap, so to speak. Oh, so what about then, as they were chatting today about divorce, so why, why do couples get divorced? I mean, we, we go through, how do you say, a long time getting together. We yes. fall in love and then all of a sudden then, for some unknown reason, we decide, oh, enough's enough and it's time to part ways and get divorced. So why, why is that? Well, there's kind of a long answer and a short answer to that. And I'll start with a short answer. Um, The most common reasons people give is feeling like their partner is not committed to the relationship, that there's too much arguing. Maybe there's been infidelity and someone has strayed from the relationship. Maybe the expectations weren't realistic to begin with of what a marriage would be. And kind of the longer answer to that is I don't think people are prepared for what marriage is. And I don't think everyone goes into a marriage really understanding the work that it takes, even when it's going well. So what are, what are that you mentioned there about expectations. So do you think sometimes when couples get into a relationship that maybe it was, it's one side might think, you know, they might have this kind of fan, fantasy or romantic side that they think that this is the way marriage should be. Is that, is that what you what you mean? So I think that can be part of it. I think that we have maybe even over romanticized what love and what marriage is. And of course, you can blame the media, you can blame movies, romance novels. Um, And I think you can also kind of blame people for not talking about what marriage and love actually is. So I think about people being on social media posts and, you know, you get one of two extremes. You get the people that are always complaining about things going wrong. And then you get the people that are depicting this seemingly perfect life. Right. And so so I think that also, yes, that fantasy side. Um, And so I don't think people understand that marriage, like any relationship is going to take compromise. It's going to take communication. It's going to work out better if people are more similar than they are opposite. 
and I don't think that we understand exactly what it means to be a, I guess not necessarily lifelong, but pretty long time partner of another person. And can, can I mean, can cultural kind of, I'll say differences, but say, say for example, you and I are speaking here today, and yeah. you have an American and an Irish person, does that have difficulty as well, maybe later on down the road? I think it could, and I think if nothing else, and this is something I like to kind of bring in the personal when I feel like it's relevant and not oversharing. So, you know, I'm from Tennessee and my husband's from Florida. Okay. And while that's not a huge divide, what happens if both of our parents who still live back in our respective home states get sick simultaneously? What do we do? Well, obviously you want to, you want to look after your parents and you, you, yeah, you want to go back wanna, to where they are. Yeah. Yeah. But if that happens in Tennessee and Florida, you know, we've got to talk about these, these things. We've got to have a conversation about what is it going to mean years down the road and how do we, do, how do we make that decision? And hopefully it's not going to go that way, but you know, we've had the discussion of, okay, if your parents need our help, okay, we're moving back there. If my parents need our help, okay, we'll move back, back to my hometown. And so I could see where something, I guess, even that practical could have lasting implications for people that are are from different parts of the world. Is there any way then to recover from divorce? So has there been cases in the past where, you know, couples have committed to the idea of divorce and then decided, well, actually, you know, this is, is, you know, maybe we can work through this and and, uh, stay together? So I'm I'm sure it's possible, but what I run into in my field is by the time people have gotten to that point, a lot of damage has been done, a lot of time has passed, both people have moved from kind of this mindset of how do we keep the relationship going to more of a a sense of, okay, it's going to be so much better when I'm out on my own, I'm looking forward to this. It's like they've started thinking more me than we by the time they actually seek help. And I think that that can be very hard to come back from, unfortunately. I don't think it's impossible, but that's, again, part of the the reason you want to seek help early if you start having some issues in your relationship. So with regards to seeking help, I mean, is it a case of, of, uh, uh, you know, doing kind of admitting that you have a problem first or one person going to see counseling separately? Is that is that how it works or is it best as, as a couple to try and resolve the issues? It could be either one, honestly. I think that, again, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, who thinks it's a problem. So yeah. if only one person in the partnership thinks it's an issue, there is going to be a long road ahead of them, I would say, to working through things. If both people see that there are some difficulties where they're not talking to each other like they used to, maybe the level of intimacy has fallen off over the years. If both people are seeing and believe the same thing, at least in the sense that there is a problem, I think that's a great starting point to the couple then being able to go and seek help. And to answer your question about, does it, you know, does it have to be both? Can it be one person? The answer to that is yes to both of those. It could be the couple. It could be each partner seeking help separately because maybe they need to work on themselves a little bit too. And and can can you force the issue, uh, Amanda, in terms of, you know, obviously we go back to the movies again, because we we see these, you know, the the man or the woman, they kind of decide, you know, we're going to get a divorce and all of a sudden like one starts fighting for the marriage. Yes. is, is Is it worth fighting for the marriage? I think that's a hard question to answer. You'd have to look at each situation separately and I think that if you want something, 
then yes, you should have a conversation with a partner. So if it's your spouse that is wanting the divorce and you don't, I think you should talk to them about that. I think you should find out, you know, okay, what is wrong? Are there things we can work on? Is it something I need to change? Is that something you need to change? And I think you should absolutely have those conversations and not just give up. Yeah. But unfortunately in relationships, if both parties don't want to maintain the relationship, it's not going to work. Whether that's an indirect, the person just shuts down or a more direct, you know, I want a divorce. I do want out of this relationship. And so I think knowing when to cut your losses and recognize, you know, if there isn't anything you yourself can do, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do, do we think that the grass is greener? I mean, we mentioned there again about the, you know, we, we look at social media and so on that you look at somebody else's life and maybe your next door neighbors are, they, you know, they walk out the front garden and, and they look like they're the perfect couple. Sure. And does that, does that add pressure then to uh, your relationship um, if you're already having difficulties? Oh, absolutely. Because again, it, I think it ties back into perpetuating this fantasy of what a relationship is. And, you know, most couples, I think like when we see people out in public, people aren't going to necessarily let on to the problems they're having. Most people are going to act like things are good. They're going to act like they're happy. And so again, you know, we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors for a lot of relationships. But, you know, if you are having trouble in your relationship and you see that everyone around you seems to be happy, everyone seems to have a great relationship, I think that is going to make you think, okay, there's obviously something wrong with me. There's obviously something wrong with our relationship. And man, the grass does look greener, you know, over here on my neighbor's side of the fence. They look like things are going really well and they look like they're in love. And I think that that is going to be an issue, particularly if feelings of frustration, disappointment, loneliness have really taken hold in your relationship. Is it good about it as well to reduce our expectations? I know it sounds probably bad. Is that one of the biggest factors as well, is it? That our expectations are just so, so, so high. I think that it can be. And I think, again, it's these unrealistic expectations. When you're going into a relationship with another person, if you expect them to make you happy, if you expect them to be able to read your mind, if you expect them to never mess up, you are going to be disappointed. Right. Time and time again, because no one can make anyone else happy. That is a personal journey. No one can read your mind. <laughs> not even, <Yes>. not even <laughs> me. <laughs> I can try to extrapolate and try to pick up nonverbals. Um, you know, when sure. I am counseling someone and I may seem like a mind reader sometimes, but I assure you I am not. <laughs> and people are going to screw up and we have to make space for that to some extent. Of course, certain things, you know, deal, I would call it deal breakers that yes. people should have in relationships. And that's actually very healthy. But I don't think that we stop and we, we don't think about that. This isn't, it's not sexy to think about a relationship in practical terms. Yes. So it's, it's, so it's not like uh, the movie, The Notebook with uh, Rachel McAdams <laughs> and Ryan Gosling. So our list was yeah. out there. So it's not, it's not like that. To move on then. What about divorce with children? I mean, how is it best? Because the chil you know, children themselves can be probably affected. I mean, you know more about this than what I do. But Absolutely. Long, long term, maybe if the parents are arguing, I, I don't know. I mean, how, how, how's best to manage them so they, they're kind of still happy? 
So the best thing to do, if, if you and your, your partner or spouse have reached a point where you're seriously considering divorce and things are going to change, I think you need to have a conversation with the kids as a family. So again, we, we try to protect our children. And I think sometimes we do that to a fault. And so in this situation, you need to sit down with your kids and speak to them on their level and tell them what's going on. Now, this doesn't mean you tell them the exact reasons behind the decision to separate or get a divorce. You don't need to start bashing your partner. You don't need to give them every single detail. So they don't need to know or need to have to process that mom or dad was unfaithful or that mom or dad is a huge jerk or something like that. Yes. But they need to know things are going to be different and that you still love them and that you are still going to be a family, but that that's going to look differently. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one. I mean, aviation uh, professionals in general, they, um, a, lot, a lot of them are away most of the time. I mean, probably not as much now because of the, the, uh, the current situation around the world. Yeah. But I think that seems to be one of the, the biggest stressors because they actually, they're, they, they are away from their kids a long period of time, or they might be away from their, their, uh, their partners for a long, long period of time. And I suppose it builds up um, over that length of period, especially when maybe one part is away working and then while well, the other one's at home with the kids. But as you mentioned, yeah, it's it's, it's best to discuss it with them and, and, and keep calm. So what, what, what then, Amanda, about, right, okay, we get now, we've decided, right, enough's enough, time to move on. Yeah. And we have all these, you know, wonderful possessions of cars and TVs <laughs> and houses. Um, any advice on how to keep this all pleasant and friendly without, you know, losing the plot? I think that if both parties can remain focused on the fact that the easier this whole thing is, because it's already hard, and the less combative I am, the better for both of us. Because there, there are going to be issues and there are going to be high emotions when we're talking about money. That tends to be something that, that may even have been part of the reason the marriage fell apart, is maybe there were financial issues maybe people didn't agree on how to spend the finances and so it may already be a very contentious topic and then just the the mere fact that people are worried about losing their livelihood or struggling financially as a result of divorce it's going to make it an even more contentious issue but i think again if people can think about the fact that this is still the person you're going to have to interact with you know, at least through the divorce. And if you have children, you know, for a decent period of your life, you're going to have to keep interacting with this person. And they're probably hurting too. You know, whether they'll admit it or not, they're struggling, they're frustrated, they're upset, they're confused, they're scared. And fighting about these somewhat little things, it's, it's not going to help anyone. And so if you can try to kind of keep it together you can try to seek support for your emotions you get to preserve your dignity and you get to walk away from the experience knowing you stayed true to yourself and I think that that is going to help you move forward from the divorce and in general it's just being able to say okay I you know I stuck to my guns I did not you know maybe just roll over and let this person take advantage of me but I wasn't you know, I didn't argue, I didn't make it harder than it needed to be. Sure. And then you, you mentioned that with regards, I mean, the, the, um, you know, the stresses. So, I mean, can divorce, I say it can, I'm sure it can, but lead to mental health issues and pretty much affect your work life and your health oh, absolutely. in general? It can, 
it, so you have to stop and think about the fact that it's going to feel like it's taking over your life. But the divorce itself, the process is not only going to change everything, it's also going to feel like it controls your life. It's going to be what you think about. It's going to be what you wake up thinking about. And it's probably going to be what you go to bed thinking about. And you may have a hard time focusing on other things because of that. And then, you know, some people, depression and anxiety can set in and this can further complicate the situation. So again, if you feel comfortable doing so, I think that, you know, when it comes to work, and I know this won't be true for everyone, but for those that are comfortable doing it and know that it won't have lasting implications for their work, talk to your colleagues, talk to your supervisor, let them know a little bit about what's going on and they might can offer some additional, you know, sense of understanding, support, or at least just kind of lay off for a little while while you're dealing with it. So it, have, have you then like a plan of action or, uh, you know, from Hannon counseling? I mean, if, if, you, if a couple comes in and they say they're having, you know, marital issues or relationship issues. I mean, what advice or plan can, can you give them? Sure. So what I would say, and this may be kind of a roundabout way of answering that, get help early. You know, when someone comes in for the first time, I'm going to be curious how long the problem has been going on. And that's going to give me a different, a few different pieces of information. It may let me know that they withheld seeking support for a while because and then I can kind of get into why that was. It may, it lets me know how long the, you know, so to, the wound, so to speak, has been festering before right. people go and seek treatment for it. And so that's going to be one of the first things I think about and want to find out about. And then the next few things, you know, what are the specific problems? Is it communication? Is it intimacy? Is it finances? Is it parenting styles? If there are kids involved, you have different parenting styles. Is it just this pattern of relating to one another that has stopped working, but that you haven't been able to articulate or haven't been able to change because you guys are stuck in this kind of negative feedback loop with one another? And people need to communicate, first and foremost. What tends to happen when people come in, and this is almost a universal thing, they're either not communicating or they're communicating in a very destructive way with one another. Right. It's like the blame and game, is it? it? It can be. So it's a blame game, or we have this pattern of you have one person that's trying very hard to make things right, but the other person is kind of stuck in this, this push and pull. So you're reaching out, they're pulling away. And so, again, it's this, like, feedback loop where the people just aren't coming together. You're not understanding one another. You are almost antagonizing each other, sometimes purposefully, sometimes not purposefully. And if people are able to slow down and just stop and talk, just like they used to talk or talk like they would to someone who maybe isn't their spouse, I think that can be very helpful. So before we go, uh, Amanda, is, is it possible for listeners to get in contact with you on social media or where can they contact you? And we mentioned already that uh, you're the founder of uh, Hannon Counseling. I mean, is it online counseling you do as well as, uh, as well as one-to-one -one sessions? Yeah. So I, um, so people can find me online just at my website and that's just hannoncounseling.com. And then I do have an Instagram and LinkedIn page and my Instagram handle is at Amanda Hannon Counseling. And then my 
my LinkedIn page is linkedin.com forward slash Amanda Hannon. And as far as doing online counseling, I, for the foreseeable future, just with everything kind of going on in the world um, with the pandemic, I'm only doing online at this point. Traditionally and preferably, I would do face-to-face, but with everything going on to try to keep myself and other people safe, I've moved to online counseling, so video chat or just phone sessions as well. Thank you very much to Dr. Amanda Hannon for chatting with me today on Aviation United by Aviation Zero. As mentioned, you can get in touch with Amanda via Hannon Counseling, LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much.